What is up, everybody, and welcome back. This is Oscar Barkas here with the man on top of the world, Sam McFadden. Hey, everybody, and welcome into episode 16 of the SOS Fantasy Football Podcast. So, happy Thanksgiving. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Hopefully, it gets to you tonight or tomorrow before the Thursday games. Um, but we're excited to be back. We had a great week last week, and hopefully, uh, you enjoy this one just as much. Absolutely. We, uh, we've got a short little Thanksgiving what we're thankful for section before we get into our classic news section. And then we have a few new segments. Well, one is new. It's our true or false segment. So we're each presenting five true or false statements. And the other has to kind of guess which is true. And then we'll kind of run through what each statement means. And then we've got a short little plays of the week uh, specific to Thanksgiving. So specific to the three games that are happening tomorrow. Um, but we're excited to be back and excited to have y'all here with us. Yeah, we're just trying to get you guys in the mood for a little Thanksgiving fun with your families over the holidays. Oh, yeah. Big football day, big eating day. Um, hopefully y'all are off work and everything. So this will be a good next few days. Um, so let's get into that things we're thankful for section. Sam, you want to kick us off? I would love to. My first thing that I'm thankful for is Bruce Arians teaming up with teaming up with Jameis Winston. Now, when I was writing this list, I at first my first thought was just to put down Bruce Arians coaching again. But then I thought about, it, and isn't Jameis Winston just about the perfect match for a guy like oh, Bruce? Yeah. 100%. I mean, talk about Bruce Arians loves nothing more than bombing it down the field, and Jameis Winston is one of the only <laughs> guys in the world. I mean, sure, he throws a ton of picks, but he is—if you—if you can say anything about Jameis, he is willing to throw the ball. Oh yeah, no matter what. Oh yeah, no amount of picks will stop that guy from just chucking it down the field. Yeah, it's it's him and Ryan Fitzpatrick that are the two guys that are willing to throw it down no matter how many mistakes they've made no matter what the game script is they want to throw the ball down the field and they were both on the same team last year but thankfully they've whittled it down to one guy and bruce gets to have Jameis as his quarterback and you've Um, seen the results i mean chris godwin and mike evans are phenomenal this season wide receivers two and three on the year so far i love it um, my first thing that I'm thankful for is Jim Harbaugh and then even more than that, Greg Roman. So mm-hmm. I love it. Ravens coach and offensive coordinator. They are about the only two people that, uh, Lamar Jackson could be having this type of success with. So when they drafted him last year, everyone was like, what the heck? That's such a big change from uh, Joe Flacco, who they've been used to for so long. Um, and Jim Harbaugh was kind of in the hot seat as a coach. Um, oh, definitely. He is one of those coaches. Uh, honestly, to me, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's willing to change, which is something not a whole lot of guys can say. He is willing to completely change up his offensive scheme, what the team is used to, uh, just based on what, where the league, what directions the league is moving in. And that's why the Ravens have maintained uh, such success over the years, especially this year. And then at the end of last year, after realizing, okay, we're switching to Lamar Jackson as our quarterback, going out and getting Greg Roman, who has worked with, Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick and get gotten their best years out of them uh, was perfect for Lamar Jackson. And right now he's not only the fantasy MVP, but the league MVP. I know he's absolutely reaping just incredible. I, there's two types of coaches in this league in, in general. And the first type of coach is the coach that tries to find the most talent to fit his scheme. And the other types of coach are, builds his team to maximize the players he has talent you know he's flexible 
This is exactly what you were talking about with Jim Harbaugh, and it's those are the coaches that get further in these in these leagues that have chances at championships. Yep, and so I love and that, that is exactly who Jim Harbaugh is, and I'm I'm just excited to see what this team does for the next ten years with Lamar. Me too. All right, my next thing is the incredible class of rookie wideouts we have this season. I mean, we have the names Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown, uh, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, all these guys blowing up. I mean, I can't remember the last time I, I could name off more than two rookie wide receivers that have had really solid seasons. Yeah. Um, it's It's been an incredible class. They've been great to watch. Um all of them are in some, or most of them are in some pretty interesting situations. I'm already worried about Terry McLaurin's career because he's with the Redskins. Yeah, a little bit, but they've been so good. It's it's been it's been very fun to watch. So, um, if they if I mean everyone talks about with wide receivers the sophomore breakout, the second year breakout, and if that happens with a couple of these guys, then they could be a real problems for the league for the next eight years yeah i the last time i remember a class this good was the 2014 year which was the mike evans odell beckham right kelvin right. benjamin uh i think michael thomas was a part of that class mm-hmm. and that class is Devonte adams and that class all of these guys are like almost guaranteed most of these guys are hall of fame bound and to compare that with the incredible class of rookies that we've had this year, I'm I'm just excited. I am too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And especially, like you said, a lot of times rookie wide receivers don't have a whole lot of success. Um, all of these guys have proven that you don't need to be established in the league to to succeed and to play well for fantasy also. Exactly. Um, my second thing that I'm thankful for is Teddy Bridgewater being the Saints backup quarterback. So if you remember, uh, Teddy, so he was their backup last year also, and he was a free agent at the end of this year, at the end of last year, and could have gone to a lot of different teams, specifically the Dolphins were recruiting him heavily to come in and be their quarterback. And he decided that he wanted to play behind Drew Brees and develop further. And the Saints went 5-0. and So when Drew Brees got injured, uh, the Saints just – Teddy stepped right in and led them to five straight wins. And it, why I'm thankful for this especially is Michael Thomas is the wide receiver one on the fantasy season. And with any regular backup quarterback, I don't think that that's even close to happening. And he is – on pace to break every single receiving record for a season ever right now, pretty much. And Teddy is a big part of that. Having that transition from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater, it was seamless. It was easy for Michael Thomas. Um, and now he gets to have Drew Brees back, which is even better. You know, I remember when Drew Brees went down, a lot of people were talking about whether or not the Saints were gonna make the playoffs. Yep. Whether they were gonna that they could that they could just lose out with Bridge, while Bridgewater was in, and man, we all look foolish right now. Teddy, so foolish. Teddy played played his heart out out there. I love. I mean, it's it's impossible to hate the man. Oh my god! And it was impossible. It, it, it is definitely a highlight of this year to have to get to see him go out there and produce like he is. Because now he's going to be able to sign sign a good deal with a good with a with a new team, and get a, and yeah, get we'll a real shot to come up. back. Yeah. All right. My third thing that I'm thankful for this year is Aaron Jones and him getting a pretty consistent use, getting pretty consistent usage under this new coaching staff at Green Bay. It's been a it's been a uh, movement within the fantasy community for a couple of years now. Years. To free Aaron Jones and. 
there have been times when it's been frustrating still. I mean, Jamal Williams is a part of that team, and he's going to get some passing work and all that. And he'll get a touchdown every once in a while. It'll annoy you if you own Aaron Jones. But for the most part, Aaron Jones is free. He, he is absolutely up. free. He's the number four running back on the season right now. He has some of the biggest games of the year out of anyone so far. It's just it's wonderful to see, and and hopefully it keeps up throughout the fantasy playoffs and whatnot, and for the years to and for a couple years to come, because if you're the coaching staff over at Green Bay, how do you see how do you see what he's being what he's able to do and not play him, you know? Yeah, and that's I mean a question we've been asking forever. Anytime Aaron Jones stepped onto the field, it was obvious he was the best running back on this team. Um, Mike McCarthy consistently would just take him out of the game for quarters even. And it was, it was so frustrating as a fantasy player and a fantasy owner. Um, I, I just stayed away from Aaron Jones, but finally Michael Flores come, Matt LaFleur's come in and finally given Aaron Jones some run as that running back one. Mm-hmm. And it's been incredible. My next thing that I'm grateful for is teams who draft well at offensive line. (laughs) And the best example of that in a negative aspect has been the Rams this year because they had so much turnover at offensive line. And a lot of people were like, oh, they're going to be fine. They've been drafting highly, drafting offensive line to come in and step in. And I trust Sean McVay and I trust... all the things that the Rams have done and that offense went from the greatest, the highest flying were, I think almost exact Monday night was almost exactly a year removed from that 54 to 51 Rams are the, over the chiefs crazy Mm -hmm. offensive game. Right. And the Rams, they put up six points versus the Ravens, six uninspiring points. Yeah. It was it was so sad, and a lot of that has been that their offensive line has not. I mean, Jared Goff has played poorly, especially, and a lot of that has been that his offensive line hasn't given him hasn't given him time, and he is not the quarterback that can make things happen without time, um, and that has just been so proven this year. Right. I mean. You see this a lot. Every year we see this. You can, I mean, look over at the Eagles right now. And the Eagles are a team that have a wonderful offensive line, one of the best in the in the league. But, I mean, you've seen the injuries that have happened to that so offensive many. line. Uh, Lane Johnson is out right now. It's affecting Carson Wentz. I remember going into this year, Carson Wentz, we were talking him up to be one of the best picks in the draft at quarterback because of the value. And he has not been very good. And a lot of it is, well, that situation, there's a lot of other offensive injuries, but part of it is he he's he can't stay upright for very long. Yeah, if he yep. can't stay up for upright for very long, you're not going to be able to do much in this league. Yeah, and it it just makes me so grateful for teams that have drafted. I mean, the Cowboys. Look at all the things that that offense has managed to do now that their offensive line is healthy. Um, so many of those teams that are succeeding at the top uh, offensively are because they draft well at offensive line. Right. My fourth uh, thing that I'm thankful for is Dalvin Cook being healthy this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I was starting to get a little scared that Dalvin Cook was going to be injury-prone for good. I, I mean, I was getting genuinely worried. But fear no more. He's here, and he's incredible. I mean, he is the number two running back on in in the league right now. A lot of years he'd be the number one running back in the league if it weren't for Christian McCaffrey just being <laughs> ridiculously just a world beater. Um, Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook might even be a little bit. Dalvin Cook is is up there with Christian McCaffrey, especially because a lot of people got him in the second round. I mean, for I mean, Joe Mixon was going ahead of Dalvin Cook in a lot of leagues. Um, and most leagues, in most yeah. leagues, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's awesome to see. 
and I was and I want to also just put in a little other thing that I'm thankful for with the Vikings that they run that they're running the ball and using Dalvin as much as they are. Because yeah, they've trusted that he will stay healthy for them, and that has just lit up the fantasy world. Absolutely. So it's been very fun to watch this year. So much fun. Um, so you talked about Christian McCaffrey being a world beater. And that's my next thing that I'm thankful for, <laughs> his off-season workouts. So we've talked about on this pod before, Christian McCaffrey, not only, I mean, he is uber-athletic, but there are plenty of running backs that are more athletic than he is. But he's the guy that has put in the time to match his talents with an incredible work regimen and all the things that he does. I mean, there were all those pictures going around of his, him just being super jacked yep. uh, compared to last year. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that all the time that he put in working out and getting better has just made him a superstar. Absolutely. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey, I mean, I don't know that I thought, I like, I don't know if anyone thought that this was possible for him. I mean, there were a lot of people. There were plenty of people that thought he could, he could have been the that he was going to be the running back one on the year, but not like I this. have some major <laughs> kudos for anyone who predicted something like this. This is ridiculous, yeah. especially with Cam Newton out, um, and especially I mean that offense scored three points last week, and he was the running back one. I know, Just yeah, ridiculous. crazy. All right, my last thing that I'm thankful for is is uh, it doesn't really have to do with fantasy football, but I'm thankful for this podcast and my wonderful co-host Oscar Barkas. Oh, stop! It uh, it has been a blast doing this. Um, it's been one of the best parts of my year year so far, and uh, I look forward to finishing the year strong. Well, now my next one doesn't look as good. I'm so <laughs> thankful for this podcast too, man. Sorry, I'm but... just trying to make you look bad in front of the fans. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, man, I'm grateful for you too, Sam. This has been so much fun. And great. thankful to the people that have stuck around listening to us because we are so thankful for Absolutely. y'all. And this is, you're the reason why we do this. Um. I guess my last one is just a little bit of a return to actual fantasy stuff, though. Um, John Filippo. speaking of the Vikings changing to a more run-heavy mindset, so he was their offensive coordinator last year. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars, and he is one of the most pass-happy coordinators in the league. And him taking over at co- offensive coordinator for the Jags maybe hasn't made their team better, but has made their fantasy assets so much better. I mean, think of all the things DJ Chark has managed to do last year, or this year. Leonard Fournette had 12 targets last week. And, I mean, if someone had told me that there was a game where, even a stretch of three games where Leonard Fournette would have 12 targets, if someone had said that to me last year, I would think that they were crazy. And it has just turned... DJ Chark into a wide receiver one, Leonard Fournette into a running back one. It's been great for fantasy. Absolutely. Hey, I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a bit of a Jags fan myself, and I, while it hasn't technically made the team better, it, it's made it more fun to watch, for sure. Way exciting. Yeah, I agree. So let's turn into our news section. Uh, remember, like we said, there's three games tomorrow, Bears, Lions, Cowboys, uh, Bills, Saints, Falcons, all on Thanksgiving tomorrow. Make sure that if you have any of those players that they're not in your flex um, and that they're either in or out of your lineup, depending on your situation. Uh, Reminder, we've said this a few times, but if you have guys playing earlier in the week, keep them out of your flex because it gives you more flexibility later in the week. Exactly. Um, So... Turning into our actual player news, Andy Dalton's back as the starter for the Bengals. They gave Ryan Finley his run. He's not good. Uh, they've locked themselves into that number one overall pick. Uh, There's and exactly now gonna... one reason they've done what they've done. They put Ryan Finley in to 
to because they knew that they were going to continue to lose games. Yeah. They have a two-game uh, lead on everyone else. So they put Andy Dalton back in. They will win a game before the end of the season. Yeah, they just don't want to be the Browns for right, a few years. Right. Back. Yeah. Um, Drew Locke for the Broncos is in line for his first start. So two weeks ago, Brandon Allen looked okay. People were like, ah, he can continue, be their quarterback for the rest of the year. They'll figure out what to do next year. Um, that was not the case this past week. Nope. And uh, they're going to take their second-round rookie quarterback and see if he can be their future. Yeah, frankly, this is much better if you're a Broncos fan. See what you got in Drew Locke. You have a bad record, so if he, if Drew Locke is just awful, you could draft a quarterback here. Yeah, yep, 100%. I don't know if John Elway's going to be okay with drafting a quarterback. It, it, chances are higher that they sign someone, but at least see who they've got in Drew Locke. Um, the hope is that Elway's not part of the team anymore after this season. Or at least takes a step back, yeah. We'll see. Uh, that, that'll be a big, big change this offseason for sure. Uh, third quarterback change, Devlin Hodges is taking over f- as the starter for the Steelers. Um, so Mason Rudolph played really poorly last week. They were losing to the Bengals with him at quarterback. Devlin Hodges took over. They ended up winning the game. Uh, the Browns are I probably mean, pretty upset right now because I'm I'm sure they wanted to play Mason, uh, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph for sure. He's looked so bad, um, so bad. Devlin Hodges, I don't think is that big an upgrade if at all. I you know I don't think I'm I'm not excited to start any wide receivers for that team. No. Um, yeah, I don't think this changes a whole lot. What it does change is the Steelers. I don't, I don't know how to phrase that, but did you see the uh, press conference with Mike Tomlin talking about Mason Rudolph? I did not. What did he say? So they reporters asked about the quarterback change and why he was doing it, and he said, Devlin has not killed us this year. So, wow. basically, screw you, Mason Rudolph. Which is Jeez. pretty harsh words for a head coach to say. Um, I, like you said, I don't know how much better Devlin Hodges makes them, but it's a change. Yeah, I guess uh, change is better than sticking with Mason Rudolph in this situation. Yeah, especially, especially because they're playing the Browns and after what happened two weeks ago with the Mason Rudolph situation, um, they may want to put someone else out there. Right. (laughs) Some other news. Uh, Julio Jones is questionable. Uh, He himself said that he wants to play and feels like he can play. I'm I'm comfortable starting him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is questionable. He's in a knee, knee brace. We'll see. I mean, the Steelers are in contention for the playoffs right now, so they they might just keep playing him. But uh, being in a knee brace on Wednesday uh, is a little questionable. Yeah, I'm most likely not playing him. I mean, when he was healthy, he wasn't getting very many targets anyway. They haven't been using him a whole lot. Um, the offense is stagnant. I just, yeah, it's... Don't play Juju unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. At this point, you shouldn't have to. You should not have to. Um, There there are other options that might even be better out there on the waiver wire, such as those rookie wide receivers that we talked about. If A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel, someone like that is out there on your waiver wire, I personally would be comfortable dropping Juju for them. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of those things. I do want to talk about this real quick. Um, yeah, go ahead. A, a guy like Juju, if you drop him, someone in your league will pick him up and play him. And it, it, it will 100%. sink their team. And it'll hurt them, yeah. This is the exact thing like um, 
this is this is a great strategy, especially in playoffs. If you have a big name player that you know should get the start, and you and you know in your heart of hearts that they're going to have bad game, drop them. Have your opponent pick yeah. them up and play them. Because and if it the perfect example, okay, the perfect example is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, all season he has been playing to his matchups. If he has a good matchup, he's played well. If he has a bad one, he plays poorly. His last two games of the season are really bad. They're really bad matchups. Yeah, it's the Bears and the Vikings, both divisional matchups, both decent defenses, um, and both not at home. Yeah, both away games. So, And he has good matchups leading up to that point. So if you have Aaron Rodgers, play him up to that point, Drop him, watch the other team pick him up and play him, and think to themselves, man, what is this guy doing? Is this guy an idiot? I'm going to beat him with his own quarterback. And watch him sink. Yep. Yeah, it's it's hard to do, but at this point in the season, um, trade deadlines passed, you can't get any value for them. It, players are a sunk cost at this point. So might as well have them sink another team. Yeah, we're well past we're well past feeling bad about dropping players. Yeah. Uh, more wide receiver news. Ty Hilton is unsure about Week 13. You know he's been so up and down all season. I, I there's a chance there's a very good chance that he doesn't play. Yeah, uh, this week you mean? Yeah. Oh, I agree. Oh, why does this? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I definitely agree. Um, I listen. I, I hear a lot of people look down on Ty Hilton this season. Um, people that I know personally, like in 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 real life, um, have been. I see a lot of people wanting to get rid of him. They don't want any part of him. T.Y. Hilton is a great receiver. When he's played, okay, so he's he's missed a couple games this season, but when he's played, he's played really well. Uh, he has two, and in, in the games he's played, he has had two games uh, below 12 points. There's not much more you can ask for out of a wide receiver two or three uh, in this yeah. league. So if he's healthy... If he's healthy in the fantasy playoffs, don't be afraid to play T.Y. Hilton. Do not. Uh, like you said, wide receiver two, I mean, he's he's not where you drafted him to be, but he's still so talented. Jacoby Brissett is trying to get him the ball. Um, I, I hate to hear that people are down on T.Y. Hilton. And, and he's a, at this point, like I said in our last little tidbit, players are sunk costs. Ty has sunk your team a little bit for sure, considering you drafted him in the second or third round. But he's still playing without his longtime starting quarterback, with a backup in Jacoby Brissett. With all these injuries, he's still being he's still playing out of his mind. Absolutely, and I mean I think a lot of people are in the situation where they traded for Ty. I definitely traded for Ty a couple in a couple leagues close to the deadline. He was hurt at the time. Big expectations when he comes back. Last this his first game back was disappointing, but I don't think he was watching that game. I do not think he was a hundred percent. No, not at all, and that's why he's questionable for this next week. Exactly. So just you know, I don't think he plays this week either. But once he's back, he'll he'll be good. He'll be a great wide receiver two or three, like you said. Um, so Adam Thielen started this week looking like he was going to be back. Um, and then he was in sweats and uh, aggravated his hamstring again. Um, now, so I wrote in the show doc, he's back. And then I read more into it. I don't think that he'll play. I don't either. When I saw today that he was in sweats of practice, I that was kind of my sign of, yeah. Know, I don't think it's going to happen. And we've talked about it so many times. The hamstring stuff is so, so, so weird tragic. hard to, it's hard to deal with and it comes back and it gets re-aggravated easily. It's just an annoying injury to have. So annoying. 
Um, and you feel bad for the guy because, I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league when he's healthy. Um, next, Tyree Kill is expected to be back this Sunday. He, another one of those up and down all season injury-wise wide receivers, but Andy Reid said that he expects him to play. He should play. And here yeah, we, and the great so. thing about Tyreek Hill is when he plays, he plays well. All you need is one he target. He plays well. Yeah, exactly. You need one play, one big play, and he's gone. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm confident playing him this week. A.J. Green supposedly is day-to-day. So, with – and we've talked about the fact that he probably will not play this year, but with Andy Dalton being back, do you think that there's a chance that he's like, ah, oh, I want to come in for a few games? Listen, I think there's absolutely a chance he plays – but what I will say is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he. I mean, he's gonna hurt your team. Do not, do not play AJ Green on his first week back for sure. Yeah, and he's gonna. And I don't think in the last couple games of the season, there's uh, four more weeks in the fantasy season. I don't think in the next four weeks he's gonna be up to a hundred percent where he's winning you weeks. Oh, especially not winning you weeks. I mean, depending on your team build, hopefully you don't need him. Um, but if you do need him, man, I, I don't even know that I'd be confident with him as my wide receiver three at this point. I wouldn't. I would not. It's just, uh, it's. I think it's, you look at him as a sunk cost, say, hey, didn't work out. I mean, if he hopefully you he, can keep him for next year if, if you're in a out, keeper or dynasty. If he comes but, out and plays really well a couple weeks, then I'll be willing to play him. But if yeah, that doesn't happen, definitely well, not this first week. Then don't yeah. fall for the name. Our last wide receiver we're going to talk about, Hunter Renfro, is done for the season. He, uh, a, one of his ribs cracked and I think punctured his lung, um, which is a horrifying injury to hear about yep. but he he'll be back oh he'll be fine he'll be okay yeah but he's yeah, done for the I, season. He'll, he's out he's done for the season i think they're putting him on ir um but he'll be he'll be back and hopefully that chemistry that we've seen with him and Derek carr continues next season oh yeah some running back news uh derrick henry is now questionable with a hamstring another one of these annoying hamstrings you know, this is the first that we've heard a bit about it for Derrick Henry this season. Hopefully, it's not as bad as some of these other guys. He'll play. There's no doubt in my mind. You think so? There's no doubt in my mind. He'll play. Uh, it's the first we're hearing about it. It's a little worrisome, but the Titans are in the race, for, are in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah, and this Henry is a divisional is a game. Huge part of their offense. This is sort of a winner go home situation with the Colts here. He'll play. Yeah, we'll see if it. Okay. We'll see if the hamstring is really uh, hurting him. We'll see him. if it limits him. But yeah, you're you're playing Derrick Henry. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Devonta Freeman is back, so goodbye to those Brian Hill hopes that <laughs> we all had a yep. few weeks ago. Um, we'll see how he looks because it was like we talked about. It was supposedly a two to four week injury. This is two weeks and he's back um, very impressed i'm impressed especially for devonta freeman we'll see how he plays though they're playing the saints saints have a pretty good run defense um but he is back so if you need him you're gonna play him on thanksgiving uh, yeah yeah i guess you are i'm not excited about it no I, i'd like has to stay away disappointing yeah but you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. Marlon Mack has been ruled out another week. Um, so it'll be the Jonathan Williams show against the Titans again. Um, he will be back this season. Uh, I think the Colts are just taking it slower because he's their, he's their franchise running back and – uh, they're thinking that they can make a playoff run, so well, absolutely got to keep them healthy. 
Plus, the backup is doing just fine right now. So yeah, yeah. There's no rush. No rush at all. Um, fa- some fantasy owners might not like that, but is what it is. Hopefully, you have Jonathan Williams, or even I guess Naeem Hines. Um, James Connor said that it'll be a little bit longer. Um, and this is big news because last week we had thought, okay, if James Connor's out and for most of the season, we've thought, okay, if James Connor's out, it's Jalen Samuels time. Um, that was not the case last week. It was Benny Snell's show. He had 23 carries. Um, and so James Connor saying that he's out again, go pick up Benny Snell. Yeah. Give him a start. Yeah. Um, that Pittsburgh running back is always valuable. And right now it looks like it's going to be the former Kentucky running back. Um, Arizona, all three running backs are back healthy. That's a timeshare. Uh, and David Johnson's not even the head of that. It's Kenyon Drake. Now, um, chase Edmonds is back in the mix being healthy. Uh, I'd like to stay away. (laughs) Uh, yeah, if there's a person on this planet that doesn't work for the Arizona Cardinals that thinks they can, uh, predict how this workload is going to be broken up, they're lying. So hundred percent. And it stinks because, well, maybe not this week against the Rams, but the Cardinals rely on that running game. Um, and if you could know which running back it was going to be for the week, You'd have a fantasy starter. It's just always a toss-up. Yeah. It's too bad. Too, too bad. Um, Delaney Walker, speaking of too bad, he's been placed on IR. That's his second season in a row ending on IR. I mean, he's late 30s at this point. We'll see if the Titans keep him around next year. I mean... He's produced when he's been around. Oh, for so long. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I'd be sad to see him go. For sure. Hopefully, in these last few weeks of the season, Joni Smith can show up a little bit. But he hasn't with Delaney Walker being out so far this season. No. So, I'm, I'm not expecting anything. He's had one good game. It's just not enough. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd just look more to the... Wide receivers, especially A.J. Brown. Um, David Njoku, speaking of another IR tight end. So he's come back, like we mentioned last week. And Freddie Kitchens, the Browns head coach, said it's still too early to say, which sounds eerily Adam Gase-ish concerning uh, Chris Herndon. I would probably just not expect him to be back this year. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't have him on my bench. I knew, I know some people picked him up thinking, oh, this could be a good play in the playoffs because they have an easy schedule. But at this point, I don't know if it's worth it to clog up your roster. No, I, I would especially, look other directions. Especially if you're trying to make the playoffs. Yep. You just can't afford to have e- Even if you're locked into the playoffs, there are other... Tight ends like Jacob Hollister um, that I would look their way if you are tight end needy. Um, And if you're not tight end needy, stick with your guy and look for running backs or wide receivers to add to your bench. Absolutely. All right. Well, you want to hop into our true-false section? I would love to. I will start us off. Oscar. True or false, Odell Beckham Jr. has less targets than Chris Godwin on the year. False. You say false. I do, and it's because I know that Odell has had such a crazy target share all season. He just hasn't produced. Uh, You are technically correct. This one was a bit of a uh, cheat on my part because they both have the same amount of targets on the season. Really? Both wide receivers are at 97 targets this year, which is a lot of targets. That's a great amount of targets to have. They're both at the very tippy top of all all wide receivers. Um, The difference here, one of the differences, is 
OBJ has caught 54 of his 97. And Chris Godwin has caught 70 of his 97. Yeah, there are a few more differences than that. There are a couple more differences. (laughs) But that's the most glaring one. Yeah. It's just better opportunities and doing more with the opportunities that you get. Yep, Um, and uh, it's sad for me to hear that as an Odell (laughs) owner. Yep, people keep on saying... So my question to you before we move on to the next one is, are we at the point yet? Or has this last week uh, brought us back straight back into it to where we're talking about it could be next week. Next week could be it. OBJ could be back. No. So last week was enough to say, okay, especially with the Browns remaining games, they've got a really easy wide receiver schedule. You're going to play Odell every week. You just can't have the same wide receiver one expectations because he's just not that. Um, I'm just hoping. So uh, I'm comfortable with him as my wide receiver two. That's exactly where he's sitting on one of my teams. Um, I'm just hoping for the future. You know, it took a season for Jarvis to develop the chemistry with Baker. Hopefully next year. Odell has that same upgrade. Right. Would be nice. Speaking of Jarvis, though, true or false, Sam, he is a few points away from being a wide receiver one. I am going to say true, mainly because of the game he had this last week. It is true. So he's had a touchdown in his last four games, and he had two last week, and that's propelled him to where he is um, he and DJ Moore are fighting. They're both 13 and 14, and they, I, I believe that both will end up as wide receiver ones, um, and which is incredible considering where they both started out and how each of their quarterbacks has played this year. Oh, absolutely. And I would, if I had to put my money on one, I'd say DJ Moore, but I bet both those guys do end up uh, up at the top. Jarvis, mostly because of that easy schedule that we talked about earlier with OBJ. Yeah, and he is the Browns wide receiver one, which really hurts me to say. All right, next true or false for you, Oscar. Leonard Fournette is third among running backs and targets, but he's outside the top five in rushes this season. True or false? Outside the top five? There's no way that that can be true. So you're saying false. I'm saying false. I, I believe the targets won, but the the rushes, he's got to be top five. It is true. No He's third in way. targets right now, but he's sixth in rushes. So it's close. Okay, okay. He has a lot of rushes. The main part of this true or false that I wanted to point out, though, is that he has 70 targets on the season, which is tied which for is third with incredible. Trey it's more than Alvin Kamara, more than Le'Veon Bell, more than Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. The only two people that have more are Austin Eckler, who has 74, which is four more, or Christian McCaffrey, who has 82. This is nuts. This nuts. It doesn't seem like it should be possible. Nuts. And by the way, he... Uh, he has rushed the ball 206 times behind Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and Chris Carson. So he's right there. He's right there. Um, but he's so he's always been right there. Um, and w- the thing that was keeping him from being a superstar was the receiving, and that's why I'm so thankful for John DeFilippo, like I mentioned earlier. Because he's turned Leonard Fournette into a bona fide running back one. Absolutely. Um, I will say, out of the running backs that are getting all these targets, his catch percentage is lower than most of them. For sure. Um, but I, he's not used to this many targets. That should improve. No. So no. Good things. Good things still to come for Leonard Fournette. Hundred percent. And I, I think that it keeps getting better. I think that they've realized what a weapon he can be. Uh, both in running and receiving. Um, my next true or false, and this is a very easy one considering the people that we've, or how much we've talked about both these guys. Um, 
Mike Evans is the more consistent Tampa Bay wide receiver. <laughs> I'm going to say false. Oh, without a doubt. Given that he's had correct. he's had a game this season where he had zero points. Zero targets, zero reception. Yeah. Um, he's obviously still been very good. Um, but if you were to pick between the two, you'd be way happier having Chris Godwin oh, on your team. No doubt. It's it's not a, it wouldn't even be close. Yeah. All right, my uh, my third true or false here. Lamar Jackson has already broken the record for 30-plus point games in a single season by a quarterback with six such games. So I, I saw that on Twitter, and so I know the answer is true, but holy cow. Still already. Yeah, 12 games, in, 11 games, 11 into, the games into the season. 11 games into the season, he's broken that Come record on. with six. More than half of his games have been 30-plus point games. This is ridiculous. Sam is bringing this up because in our main uh, league that we care the most about, Lamar Jackson is his quarterback. So he's rubbing it in my face a little bit. He is so 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 unbelievably good good this season. It's ridiculous. Not fair. People. Not fair. Take it in because this is one of the best fantasy quarterback seasons you will ever see in your life. Ever. Ever. No question. So just no enjoy it. No question. And the Baltimore Ravens in general have been one easily one of the most fun teams to watch all season. Every week, go watch their game. Yeah. You want, take advantage so, of the fact that you are alive right now while Lamar Jackson is doing this. Oh, take advantage like please um you know his comp forever has been michael vick and michael vick never got to figure out the rushing and receiving at the same time before he went to prison when he was a uh atlanta falcon he was one of the best rushers and that was he was so good at that but he was never that great at passing and then by the time he got out and was on the Eagles, he had lost that rushing floor. We're getting to see both at the same time with Lamar Jackson. It's just not fair. And speaking to the NFL, the, the MVP race has pretty much narrowed to Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. And it's going to be pretty close over the last few weeks. Um, fantasy-wise, though, between those two guys, Lamar Jackson, like you mentioned – has six 30-point weeks. Oh, yeah. Russell Wilson has almost that many weeks where he's disappointed you as your fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's, I mean... He has, he has five weeks under 17 points, um, which, you know, a few of those are like 16 or 15, which aren't bad, but Lamar Jackson has beat that in a landslide every week. Right. It's just not fair. He... he Russell Wilson is the quarterback three on the season right now, so he's been okay for you. But like Oscar said, he's he hasn't been consistently great. Yeah, Lamar Jackson he's, has been consistently broken. Consistent, yeah. Entire season. Russell Wilson has been consistently great. He's the quarterback two. He has been playing phenomenally, especially NFL wise, but fantasy wise too. That term you mentioned. Lamar Jackson has been consistently broken. It is not fair. I mean, people people talked about last. People were so blown away by Patrick Mahomes last season. His his uh, <clears throat> excuse me. His uh, his incredible run at QB last five thousand yards, fifty, and it touchdowns. was incredible. He ended up with four hundred and fifty seven points. Just ridiculous. Great stuff. Lamar Jackson is on pace to beat that. Yeah, he already has 307 points. Not fair. It's, um, it's nuts. My next thing, and this is kind of, I couldn't figure out exactly how to word this, but true or false, Robert Woods has more receptions without a touchdown this year than Calvin Ridley has receptions in general. I'm going to say true just because Robert Woods has been such a disappointment. It is true, and it it blows my mind. And especially Calvin Ridley, especially of late, has been so good. Oh yeah. Um. So 
Robert Woods has 51 receptions, none of those being touchdowns, which is nearly impossible. Calvin Ridley has 50 receptions total. Yeah. They need to throw him the ball more. Oh, 100% they need to throw him the ball more, and it's coming. It's It's been more and more each week, but where are Robert Woods' targets in the red zone? I mean, how often are have the Rams been in the red zone recently? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's been it's. I mean, it's not just Robert Woods; it's everybody. Yep. Even Cooper Cup has been kind of hurt in the last couple weeks. Yep. And on those 50 receptions, by the way, Calvin Ridley has six touchdowns, which is a little bit over what he should be scoring right. on those 50 receptions, but. You know, if Robert Woods even had four touchdowns, he'd be so much better. Absolutely. All right, here's a uh, here's a good one for you. True or false? Latavius Murray has more fantasy points this year than Saquon Barkley. Oh man, and it's it's I, I think it's true at least, and it's not fair because Saquon's been out and hurt. But is it true? It's true, and it's kind of fair. I mean, hold on. Let me let me look up how many how many rushes both of them have. Yeah, that's that's a Saquon that's a good... has 118 rushes on the season and 49 targets. Latavius Murray has 102 rushes and 33 targets. He has touched the ball less. Yeah, like 20 less 20 times. 20 less times. He has more points. He has more points this season than Saquon Barkley. And that's why, I mean, we talked about it before the season started. Very few times does a running back on a bad offense end up in those top 10 running backs. And we got, I mean, Um, credit to Barkley last year, he did it. I mean, he pulled it off. He was phenomenal on a bad team. Uh, And by the way, Latavius Murray is beating him by uh, .7 points. So it's not a huge margin, but he is beating him. Uh, he's beating him, um, and especially, I mean, Alvin Kamara's been out a little bit too, but Latavius Murray is the backup running back on the Saints. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, come on. So the question here is, we've talked about, or I I think I've mentioned on the podcast uh, in the recent weeks, how Saquon Barkley, given his schedule, he could be phenomenal for the playoffs. I'm yeah. starting to get really worried. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Even though it's sure. good matchups. I mean, they played the Bears last week, and Barkley did not touch the ball very much. And the Bears are pretty easy to run against. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, if you're a Barkley owner, it's time to get nervous. And it looked so good at the beginning of the season with Daniel Jones playing out of his mind. Um, you thought, okay, finally he's got a quarterback that can throw him the ball well and uh, spread the ball out enough to where there are holes in the defensive line that Barkley could take advantage of. Right. Um, that has not been the case since like week four. No. Um, Daniel Jones has not played very well, and neither has Saquon. What was that? Two weeks ago, he had 13 carries for one yard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is just not his year. Obviously, he's an electric talent. Uh, next year, he still should go as one of those top running backs. Uh, this just may not be. He may not figure it out this year. Um, my next true or false is Austin Eckler is a running back one with Melvin Gordon playing. Ooh, I think that's false. So, yeah, it's false, but not by a whole lot. I I didn't go through each running back, but um, with Melvin Gordon playing, Austin Eckler's still about running back 16. That's, I mean, you can't ask for a a lot more than that. You cannot. And it's all those targets. Like you mentioned, he's got uh, 84 this year. I don't remember the exact number that you brought up, but he's he is playing. He is Philip Rivers' uh, safety valve. Anytime he's on the field, Philip Rivers is looking for Eckler, just because he's gotten zero time bef- behind that banged up offensive line. 
Um, and Eckler is such a good player that he's turning those short targets into – he's scored touchdowns in so many games. It's, it's not fair, and it's not something that's going to continue. But running back 16 since Gordon's joined the team again. It's – I mean – it makes you feel a lot better going into next year about his prospects, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, my last true or false. I think this one is pretty good. True or false. Will Disley, who, if you don't remember, got injured early in week six and has been on IR ever since, has more fantasy points on the season than TJ Hawkinson. Oh, is that true? <laughs> It's false, but TJ Hawkinson, okay. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson has 0. 0.5 points more than Will Disley. No. Half a point. People have been playing TJ Hawkinson every single week. Oh, my God. He has 61.9 points on the season. Will Disley had 61.4 in five and a quarter games. So, so uh, it's just, you know, it's... Part of it, it goes to show you that, um, and Will Disley is like the tight end 15 on the season right now. The tight end landscape Still. stinks. It's bad. Stinks. If you don't have a top guy, stinks. it's really bad. Yep. Uh, and and that's why we always talk about tight end as a position like defense where you stream. When you don't have one of those top people, you just play the matchups because you're going to have with way more success playing matchups than you are playing a top 15 guy considering that will disley is still that and he's been injured for more than half of the season right my last one is also tight end related ryan griffin is a tight end one i'm gonna say yeah that's true because he has so many touchdowns yeah so he is the tight end 12 and really his success didn't start until week six. The first five weeks, he did not see very many targets. Um, but since week six, he has had five games over eight points. Uh, he's had a few disappointing games in there also. But he's also had two games where he was the tight end one. Overall tight end one. Yeah. Uh, which... You know, as a Texans fan, seeing a former Texans tight end play this well, especially one that we let go, not great. But Sam Darnold loves his tight ends. Oh, yeah. And right now, Ryan Griffin is seeing like 97% of snaps for the Jets. So um, if he's still out there and you're tight end needy, I'm absolutely Fire okay with playing him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, that concludes that. It's always surprising to see where fantasy players end up. You know, who would have thought that, like you mentioned, Latavius Murray would have more than more points than Saquon Barkley this year? I would. Um, it's it's a good idea, and you can do this yourself. Go through these stats. Check out just check out lists of who's got what amount of receptions, who's doing what with their receptions, you know? It's a good it's a good idea to have these reality checks at certain points in the season so you don't so you don't get you don't get stuck on players. 100%. And it's so I mean, we've talked about this so much. It's so easy to get stuck on someone saying, "Okay, I drafted them in the second round or they had four great weeks in the first 5 weeks of the season." they're going to be the guy that I play the rest of the year. No, you can't do that. You you always have to be, like you mentioned before we started this podcast, Sam, you've got to know how to adapt rather than react. Right. And this is a great exercise to check that. So that is the end of our first segment, our true-false. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, our second segment is going to be pretty quick. It's just going to be a few different plays of the week that we want to bring up. Um, specifically on Thanksgiving. So specifically for tomorrow's games, here are a few guys that we want to bring up. Um, and I'll get us started here. And I'm going to be saying this name through the puke, but I think that Mitchell Trubitsky may be a good play tomorrow. Heretic. This is yeah. blasphemy, Oscar. It is, it is so 
hard for me to mention him. Don't you say to me that you think Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is a good play. Especially because he's just not a good quarterback. He's bad. But he's actually a bad quarterback. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. Tomorrow they're playing the Lions. The Lions defense has leaked points for more than half of the season now. Um, Jeff Driscoll is their quarterback. And though he looked okay against the Cowboys, he is not a viable NFL quarterback. So hopefully the Bears get to put up some points on them. Um, And I think that that will include them getting good field position for the Bears offense to start on, which is something that Mitchell Trubisky needs. And past all of that, even though this is a good situation, he could still have a bad game. But that doesn't matter. He threw two interceptions last week and still had 20 points. Um, as long as the Bears can score a touchdown or two, I think that Mitchell Trubisky is a good enough play tomorrow. I don't know if I can trust you anymore. After I said I was thankful for you, you stabbed me in the back like this. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sam. And... <laughs> Honestly, I'm stabbing myself in the back also mentioning him. Um, But I I didn't write this guy's name down, but I want to throw him in there because it is Mitchell Trubisky's number one wide receiver. If Trubisky has a good game, it's because of Allen Robinson. So if you're trusting one, trust both. Um, I think both are good plays against the Lions. My first start of the Thanksgiving day is John Brown, Smokey Brown. Versus this is Sam's guy. I love is... I love Smokey Brown. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so good. I've it's been one of my favorite things to watch this season. Him uh, break out with the Bills. And uh, while I am a Cowboys fan and it will hurt me to see him play well against them, I do think he comes away from this game with a relatively good stat line, something around the uh, uh, in the realm of 60 yards, probably a touchdown. Yeah, and if he gets to sixty yards, one of those is going to be a long bomb. So yeah. if you uh, if your league rewards forty plus yard touchdowns or forty plus yard receptions, that is always good to see with John Brown. Exactly. My second and final start is Calvin Ridley versus the Saints. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. It's divisional. Last time, two weeks ago, when the Saints and Falcons. Uh, matched up it was a very very weird game um i don't expect that to happen again i think that this is going to be more offensive than defensive focused um i think drew Brees is out for revenge um which means that the falcons are going to have to play some catch up and uh julio jones is both questionable and we'll be seeing a lot of marshawn Lattimore. i still think you play him if you have him but I think that that also means good things for Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you on the game for sure because uh, in my second start of the week reflects that for sure. Uh, but on the topic of Calvin Ridley, uh, even if he is up against Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore is, I would put him in as a tier two cornerback. He's not he's not yeah. the to- a top five guy or anything like that. I mean, you saw it last week with DJ Moore, DJ Moore, uh, he saw Marshawn Lattimore not very much, but a little bit, and he had a great game. Um, so I th- and I think that I think that Calvin Ridley is getting enough volume now to where he's going to be a, a great play on most weeks, no matter what. Um, I think so, also. And going yeah. into my second start of the Thanksgiving Day, it's Matt Ryan against the Saints. I think it's a Matty Ice uh, comeback game. He had a horrible game last week, but I think that horrible changes. week. Um, I think you're right about this being a high-scoring affair, and if it is, I th- it's not on the back of Devontae Freeman. It's no. on the back of Matty, Matty Ice. <laughs> no, so. no, not one bit. It is an indoor game, uh, which is a place that Matt Ryan excels yep, yep. inside a dome. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that this is a great game, um, and – Start any everyone you've got. Those are just two names that we wanted to bring up. Yeah, obviously all the Saints are good starters. I mean, except for the well, the Falcons have figured out on defense. So, 
you know, probably sit all your sure. players. Yeah, yeah. You should probably sit. Kamara is a sit. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah just, Jared Cook. Yeah, everyone. You can probably expect zero points from the Saints against this staunch defense. Yeah, Sam's bringing that up specifically because I do own a lot of Saints. <laughs> um, no, but we're we're very confident. I think uh, I don't want to say all the games on Thanksgiving because I'm not very confident in the Bears Lions game being a good game, but I think that the other two, the Cowboys Bills and the Saints Rams or Saints Falcons should be both very good games. Yeah, they should be. And don't get don't get it twisted. The Bears Lions game is a trash game. Trash. So, yes. You know, maybe yeah. it maybe it ends up being a close game. That's what we can hope for, but it's a trash game. Yeah. Well, uh, that about wraps up this episode, episode 16, now in the books, which is exciting to say. Who would have thought we'd get here, Sam? I know. Certainly not me. <laughs> I thought we'd uh, I thought we'd lose lose the rights to this podcast somewhere around episode 10. But we're still here, still fighting, and we're still loving that all of y'all are here listening to us, our uh, 20 loyal listeners. We love <laughs> you guys. Um, but... If, uh, continue interacting with us. Continue sharing us with your friends. Absolutely. We really appreciate you if guys. If there's any new listeners, we, uh, we're happy to have you here. Um, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Um, and I I do want to say we are, me and Oscar, both are extremely thankful for being able to do this and uh, for having you, uh, lis- you guys listen to us every single week. Uh, ramble on about football. <laughs> um, Something that we love to do regardless yes, of if yes. there's a microphone in our so, face. Uh, we say but it yeah. every week, but reach out to us. We love to talk to you guys. And we'll see you next week.